guys, welcome to Bridging the Realm. Today, my guest is the wonderful Jay from Aquarian Insight. Jay is a tarot reader who has been practicing the art of tarot since she was 18. In 2010, she opened up her own website, Aquarian Insight, and for the last three years, she has been doing, she has been providing uh, guidance on uh, her YouTube channel, Aquarian Insight, providing guidance readings for the collective, uh, which has quickly gained popularity. Her work is dedicated to helping people step into their own power and have the experience they came here to live. I've known Jay for, uh, I've followed her work for the last, uh, just over a year now, and um, I'll never forget the very first reading that I saw her give on her, one of her, on her YouTube channel, which absolutely uh, just floored me. Um, the level of depth of her work is really incredible. It's something I really haven't seen in any other tarot reader out there. So I've wanted to have her here for a long time and I'm really happy today to finally get her with me today. So Jay, welcome to Bridging the Realm. Thank you, honey. I'm so honored. What a beautiful introduction. Very honored to be here. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, I've been waiting for a long time, so I'm really excited to do this. I know you've been doing a lot of your own online um, like talks and stuff like that, but I haven't seen you do too much of like... Um, sessions like this with other people. So I think this would be quite interesting to do today. <laughs> okay, so um, first I wanted to start off with, well, let's start off with what is tarot to you? Because a lot of people that I speak to uh, kind of just think when I mention the word tarot or, you know, uh, oracle readings or anything like that, they're like, oh, I don't want to know my future. I don't want to know my future. So from your perspective, what is tarot to you? I'm just going to straight out say it's probably beginning very controversially as soon as we get started in this. Um, I think that's a very archaic form. I know tarot began as a game and all of that stuff if you look at the history of it. But in terms of what we do as tarot readers with clients, I think using it as a predictive tool is the least of what tarot can offer. Um, I'm very big on using tarot and each reader uses it their own way and there's no right or wrong way. It's not a science, it's an art form. And um, some people use it purely, as you said, for future readings, like predictive readings. Uh, people like myself, and there are, there are some other people that read like me, I bring my spiritual journey into it, which is, that's the big deal for me. Um, that it's an expression of my spiritual truths and the journey that I see myself on. And in that sense, it is a tool for empowerment and for authentic expression, for exploration of the self, self-realization, that is the tool, that is what tarot is very good at. Because we, are, there's 78 cards in a standard tarot deck. We are all of those cards. Mm -hmm. um, so there's no good or bad, you know, all of that stuff. It allows you to look at who you are. That in a nutshell is what I believe tarot is. Mm. Yeah, wow, I love that explanation. And I have to say, I think that's what makes, I think that's why when I listen to your readings, I leave thinking, wow, that's really made a difference to me. I really have something to think about, you know? Uh, whereas compared to a lot of other readings out there. And there's some really great ones, but um, I kind of feel like with other people, they tend to focus more on telling you what's going on in your life rather than making you think about it and why it's happening and trying to maybe change the patterns that you're not really, you don't want in your life anymore. And um, I think, yeah, that's why one of the reasons why your ones are so powerful. And also the fact that you bring so much of your own stories to the readings, which makes it so much tangible because um, you're actually able to relate to the story and, and put it in perspective of what the theory behind it is, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And every reader, every single reader is a filter for the messages that come through. I mean, 
I always say there's three parts to a tarot reading. One is the cards that come out. Um, two is the reader, because a specific, I always see it like a radio frequency. So there's no higher or lower or darker or lighter vibration. It's just they're at a cer certain frequency. So we're going to get messages and read from where we are. And then the third aspect of that reading is going to be the person listening. I like my listeners or my uh, clients to be an active part of their reading. Mm. Because no, especially if you're doing general readings on YouTube, which is what I do. And it took me five years to get my head around. How do you do that? Because I've done personal readings. But I thought, how can you read for the collective when everyone is so unique? And we can put them into broad terms like oh, Aquarius or Capricorn or, you know, picking specific signs. But even within that, that if they pick their sun sign, we're, if you look at a birth chart, we're so many different things. I mean, people's birth charts are unique to them, right? And, they, and we may resonate with different aspects of our birth chart. So it took me five years to get my head around that. But that was one of the reasons because I want my, I don't want to just sit there and tell you what's going to happen. Why would we live? You would just get a pay a reader, right? And say, tell me what's going to happen next week and just not live it. And we are here to live. We are here to experience. Mm. And so I bring that into the readings that I do as well. Mm, yeah. And I love that. I love the, um, the fact that you give people back the, the, the power, you know, to choose whether they want to, you know, even go through that or experience that in that sort of way, or maybe change the perception of it. And I love the, um, how a lot of the times you talk about how the cards have, you know, sort of this high vibration and low vibration is even from both perspectives. And that for me is always, you know, like you said before, it's reflective of the people, the characters in, in us that we have, you know, the different archetypes and how we can be all these different people within just this one person. So I love how you integrate that, but we'll get into that a little bit later on um, in more detail. So let's go back to the beginning. And um, what was it that made you go into tarot in the first place? What, what drew you to that, um, to that side of life? <laughs> I'm sure if someone was an astrologer, they'd look at my birth chart and say it was my Sag energy. They'd put it down to that, uh, which, which those people that don't know, Sagittarius is known for being the philosopher, you know, new experiences, learning, higher learning. And I think I was around 12 and I became, I, I was back in the day, I'm quite an old, girl here um i used to go to the library and i didn't like any of the books i was very advanced in my reading and i didn't like reading so i used to go over to the adult section and get books out on my mum's library card and so i was looking at stuff there and i had been exploring the supernatural i was big into horror i was like vampire since i was five so i was all into horror and supernatural and i don't know how i came across a book by linda goodman on astrology and i was only 12 and i picked it up and i think knowing the childhood that I had, I was very interested in learning about people. You know, I have came from a kind of, and I wouldn't say, but very unpredictable adults in my life from a very young age. And so I guess it's natural now looking back why I wanted to understand people to kind of gauge how I could react or, you know, when they were less, more predictable, I guess, for me. Yeah. And it was amazing to me. And even at 12, I started noticing, oh my God, yeah, this person's like this and this person's like this. But I have to admit from around after that, I got into religion as well, not from a religious point of view, but from learning about religions. Mm -hmm. um, I come from a Sikh family, but my, I started reading about Christianity and Islam and, you know, all the religions out there. And so I declared myself an atheist at 14, 15. I was, I was of the mindset, you can't say, you can't say what you don't believe unless you know what you don't believe. Mm. And so part and parcel of that, I saw astrology. And even though it resonated with me, I was very kind of, I come from a very religious family. 
And so I think it was my rebellious teenage years. It's like, no, I'm a, I'm a rational thinker. I'm a scientist. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in any of this stuff. But I'm also very argumentative. <laughs> like I wouldn't, maybe like pedantic. I'd love having discussions and debates. Mm. And how can you debate with someone on whether something has, uh, if you can, you know, has any feasibility if you don't know what you're talking about? So I did my research to have good arguments against people, but it never actually went. It never actually went for my life. Like it would come in and out. And I learned like palmistry, runes, uh, numerology. I studied all of it. Mm. And tarot was actually the last on the list. I think I was 18 when I got into tarot. And that was even right. I'm going to see, you know, what this is. If they're just laminated pieces of card. And at that time, I was a member of the British Society of Psychical Research. I can get their newsletters. And they did these kinds of tests and, you know, paranormal tests and stuff. And I thought, well, I can do one myself. I'd try it out. And I was living, um, I'd moved into, I was at university. So I'd moved in with my housemates and they were my guinea pigs. So I'd try it out on them and it worked. And it was like, oh, it was actually more than, you know, predicting the future. It was the fact that it resonated with people because then they'd say, oh, can you read for my friend and stuff? And me, I just wanted more guinea pigs. So I was like, you know, it was a scientific experiment for me. So I would do it and the Aquarius nature in you <laughs> absolutely right and so that's I, I just went through people and then by accident I if I ever wrote a book on my tarot journey it would be called the reluctant tarot card reader like I just kind of slipped and fell into it somehow um because then someone said I, I, I then I went, moved into work I think it was about a year later I was working and someone at work said oh can you come around and do tarot readings for me and my friends for a dinner party and I needed money. And I was like, all right, if someone's willing to pay me for it, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And I went and read for complete strangers. And they put me inside in another little room. I remember I was only like 19 or something at the time. And I did the readings and the rest is history. Like, you know, it just kind of stuck with me. So I always had it as a side gig, mm -hmm. but I never actually saw it as what, as what I did. And for a long time, I'll admit, there was that kind of cognitive dissonance between how can you do tarot and how can you be a rational thinker? Which I do see myself as both. Mm. Yeah, that separation of like, yeah, you can't be both. You have to be one or the other. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get that a lot. And I still, to some extent, I'm kind of like, I'm spiritual, but I'm also, you know, doing this. I don't, I don't know how to combine them. Yeah, so I guess it's, it's quite a skill to do that. Okay, so then what happened after that? Because you went into the corporate world more after that, didn't you? So you were working... Uh, for a while as in the corporate world, I think in somewhere in central London, you were saying, um, yeah. so what, how did it unfold after that? How did you get to the, you know, to do tarot full time? Well, what kind of happened for me is, um, I even, but you know what, I kind of see the trend now I'm, I'm 40, I'll be 44 next month. So I kind of see the, I see the trend now in that, um, when I was going to go to university to study, I was going to study law or journalism. Like that was what I wanted to get into. And even then, like I, was, I did an A-level in law and I was like, this is not, even my law teacher said to me, because you're so creative and stuff. And I had a passion for it. I was very good at it, but I didn't do it. I ended up doing philosophy because what was more intriguing to me was why do people believe what they believe? Why are people the way that they are? And I had this fascination, which you could call very Aquarian, this fascination with people. And it wasn't just philosophy. Like I studied philosophy, sociology, psychology, political ideas, all of that stuff. Um, it was also like serial killers. I was into serial killers. Like, you know, what makes them do this? Because I don't know. I would never go and kill someone, but I couldn't understand why they did it. So I had this kind of thirst to understand people. Like people became um, the puzzles that I wanted to solve. 
Um, but yes, as you said, after I left university, I did a few odd jobs, but customer service, account management, um, I got into that. And that's how I saw it. I still did tarot on the side. I mean, I'd take my tarot deck in sometimes and we'd do readings and I'd get, still get paid readings um, oh. on the side, but it was never my focus. I was going to have a career in the corporate world. Mm. But then in 2000, I was about in my mid twenties, mm. I got ill. I got ill with a chronic illness and it took me down hard. I mean, I know the exact moment that um, it happened, which was around four in the afternoon on the 26th of August. And I've never been the same again since that. And um, it took me a while. Um, but a lot of my philosophies, if you want to call them that, or core ideals, they come from that journey through chronic illness. Because mm. um, I got ill, was it two thousand? No, it was 2001, sorry, I was around uh, 25, I got ill. And I didn't admit that I was ill because I was a positive thinker, mm. you know, but not in the sense that, you know, very spiritual sense. I was a positive thinker in the sense of, um, put slap a smile in it. Mm. I was codependent, you know, everything. You could track it off the list. I had all of that going on for me. Just, I'm happy. I'm going to take care of everything. I was involved in everyone's lives. Mm. And when I got ill, that changed. So it took me till 2003 to actually admit I was too ill to work. Wow. Uh, so I still used to keep going into work. Mm. And then I was ill. I was in bed. I was bedridden for about seven years. I'd leave the house like two or three times a year. And that was for hospital appointments or if I was lucky to go see a friend. They'd have to bundle me up and take me around there just to get me out of the house. Yeah. But that changed everything. And that was, I think, where I'd done a lot of reading. Like I'd read all the Louise Hayes and the self-help stuff and the philosophy, but it didn't make sense to me. Like I thought it was fake or I'd kind of started going off positive thinking at that time as well because it didn't work because I went through so much guilt of, I did this to myself. I made myself ill. Mm. Um, you know, which I, which is one of the downsides of positive thinking. You become that police in your head, right? Mm. Policing all your thoughts, which I don't agree with now, but yeah, at the time that's kind of how I got into corporate and then started on my spiritual path. But I don't think I even knew it was my spiritual journey then. Mm. It was just survival, right? Yeah. It seemed like it slowly unraveled through all these things. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So, so what was, do you remember like that defining moment where you, where you said to yourself, okay, I'm actually going to do tarot readings, like for real, like I'm going to do them full time. Was there a moment where you decided that was it just gradual kind of? I think tarot's always been in my life and right from the start, why, how I would explain it to people if they'd asked me about it was that it's a Rorschach test for the soul, like a way to kind of gauge where you are. Um, to think outside of the box because it's one thing when it's in your head um, but especially I had a lot of social isolation so tarot actually did become a bigger part of my life when I became ill mm. um, because I didn't have anyone to talk to I had the cards to talk to mm. and so I'd pull them out and I think that's why I have such an expansive uh, range of meanings for my cards too because you can't say the three of swords comes up and you'll hear people say that's a third party situation mm. um, but I'm not, in a th I'm not in any party situation. I'm by myself in bed. You know, if you get the three of swords, so it's, you have to get a deeper understanding of them. What does it mean? What is the core meaning of these cards? So for me, they were my companions. They allowed me to, um, un to survive, to look at my journey, to look at my story, to understand where I was in any given moment because there was a lot going on. Um, and I think I did a lot of my shadow work during that period. I often say, now I can look back and I can say it was a gift. It was a gift. I got to spend seven quality years with myself, 
with a torch going through all um, doing my shadow work, looking, getting to know myself, going over every stupid thing that I've ever said, ever done. You know, why did you do this? Why did you say that? But then forgiving myself and learning to love myself through that, which it took a long time. And I didn't even realize I was doing it at the time. Now I can reflect back and think, wow, Jay, you were doing that. But I didn't know at the time I was doing that. It was just survival, like literally just survival. Yeah. Wow. But yeah. I don't think I answered your question, but the whole tarot thing, I think that's even now, even now when I've been doing it for so long and I've been on YouTube for three years, um, I'm still not sure. I'm still not sure if tarot's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's part of it. And I'm always open to something new. And I do see my journey evolving, like doing talks like this. Um, I do see it evolving and bringing out more ways to empower people because it's not, it's less about the tarot for me. That's a tool. Mm -hmm. And I use astrology as well because I love astrology, um, but they're just tools. Yeah. And so I'm always trying to add more tools to the kit, right? That how can we empower people? How can we go talk about authentic expression through other means? Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. And I love that because you do, you incorporate so much, so many things into your work, like you said, astrology, and you also now even provide guidance sessions because people, obviously they see the quality of your work and it's not, you're not just a tower reader, you're so much more than that. Um, so I love how you kind of experiment with all these different things and we're going to bring some of them in uh, later on, but yeah, I really love that quality. And I think that's what makes it so much bigger and you can uh, apply it to your own life a lot more than just a regular tarot reading will give you. Um, yeah, which I really, really love. Um, okay, so I wanted to speak about um, a little bit about the actual tarot cards. And I think, you, well, you mentioned it a little bit um, before about how, you know, the cards represent basically us. They're different uh, representations of us. How has your, your uh, thought about the cards and what they mean changed over time from the very beginning? Because obviously we all, I guess, start off as... Uh, okay, these are just tarot cards. They just mean this and that. And then how, how have you seen your own reflection reflect the understanding of the cards? Um, so I'm going to say, that's why I never point fingers at any readers. I was that reader that I would try to, I would predict the future. I was actually quite prideful, if I'm going to be honest, and say, oh my God, I have like a 99% success rate or, you know, prediction rate and stuff. Because people used to come and tell me and say, wow, that happened, Jay, that happened. Um, and so I was that person. So, you know, right at the beginning. And if someone came and said to me, oh, does he love me? Or what's going on with this person? I had no qualms. I'd pull the cards and say, oh my God, yeah, this is what's going on. And it wasn't until I developed my own spiritual beliefs and realized that it's not about destinations. And why do we need to know that? And we're not trusting ourselves. That the, And like, for example, if you came to me and said, Jay, should I be in this relationship or not? I'd pull the cards and tell you. But who am I to decide that? We all come from different stories. And I think having lived that journey of illness, which so changed my perspective of the entire world and of life and relationships. And I realized that when I read the cards and give the yes, no, which I don't, now I say the cards never tell us what to do, ever tell us what to do. That is the reader, and I hold my hands up for that, I used to do that, was that's the reader going by their perception. So say you wanted a work reading from me, and you'd said, should I stay in this job or not? And it might show, oh my God, she's getting paid well, that you know, there's money coming in, there's security here. Me as Jay would think that looks good. And I'd say, yeah, stay there. But you may not, that might not be what your path is. Mm -hmm. That maybe you could stay there, you'd get paid. It may become a gilded cage. It may that you don't grow then. Maybe you're meant for bigger things. Maybe it won't challenge you enough. And so now I don't give the yes, no, I state the energies as they are and will talk people through, you know, 
how would you want to use that? Does that sound good to you or not? Because some people are like, that's boring. I don't care about the money. You know, I want something that challenges me that where's, you know, if you get all pentacles in the tarot, that's going to be about the physical reality. Whereas wands is going to be more passion. I want to be inspired. I want to be passionate. I want to be creative. So it's understanding what the person needs and helping them to understand what they need. Um, but what, how the, my, um, the way that I view the tarot has changed is I've really understood that it is the journey. And if you look at the major arcana, which is, I don't know if anyone, the, the, the major cards, like from zero, the fool, number one, the magician, that those are the major arcanas. And that is our journey. That, those are the, the big milestones or the, the greater path of what our journey is. And then the suits, which would be the cups, the wands, the swords, um, the pentacles, that's more us our day to day, you know, the energy that we bring, that's the, that's the micro and where the major would be the macro. And we always have a choice. And I think that's how I've seen how we use it. I don't think I saw them as the energies being on such a spectrum before, which I do now. Now I see the energies being on a spectrum. So like you were saying before, you can higher or lower. And I, I've recently started saying that, I don't like this higher lower because it makes it sound, we're not, none, none of us are actually higher or lower than anyone else. Um, especially in my beliefs, because someone that we see as low vibration, they might be coming into our lives to help us reach a higher vibration. So then how can we look down on them? They're just playing a role in our lives to help us and have a greater, more expansive understanding. Um, but yeah, that's, I, I used to lock the cards in. Like I used to read reversals, um, which I don't, I don't read reversals at all now because why should the cards lock you into that energy? Yeah. That's, that's your choice. That's your choice to go to that end of the vibration or to another. Um, so I have, I've done most of the things. That's why I never criticize anyone. Cause I just think I used to do it. I understand. I just moved past it or it's not where I am anymore. Mm. Yeah. But I really like that with the high and the low vibration. I totally like get what you're saying. Um, it's just, I, what I really like about it is um, it allows you to see how one situation can have many different variations and ways through which you can look at it. So for example, you talk about challenges a lot in fear, you know, fear is like one of the things that you talk about a lot and how fear you can see it, see it either as either as something to teach you something, you know, as a challenge that you can learn from or just something that you're afraid of and it tells you that you can't do this and you can't do that. And I love how you're allowing people to expand their view on a situation and be able to look at it from all these different perspectives. So I think that's really, that's something that's really helped me um, as well, kind of just be able to go outside of my little box brain and be like, oh, okay, I can actually see how this could be different. So yeah, I love that. So what are some of your favorite cards? No, you, you, you don't exactly have any, I think you mentioned before the tower or something is, um, yeah. yeah, but tell me about the main ones that you, you know, seem to get the most energy out of, or, you know, the most meaning from and why. I love the tower and everyone knows that. Uh, maybe that's my kind of contrarian nature as well. Cause most people despise the tower. I remember back eighties, um, nineties, when they have horror movies and, you know, they'd pull tarot cards and it'd be like the death card. And it'd be like, you know, oh my God, someone's about to die, which death doesn't mean that. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about having so many readers now and tarot becoming so big, like on YouTube is that people understand that that it's not death, no one's about to die, or the death is more of a situation or a way of thinking or a behavioral pattern. But I think I personally believe the card that's taken its place is the tower, um, because a tower is a shocking change. And we as human beings are creatures of habit. 
And so when the tower happens, you know, we, we don't like it. It, no matter, it doesn't matter. Even if we want that change, we don't, we don't want it. Cause it's like, it's not on my terms. Why is it coming through like this? Um, I was safe there in that tower. Why did it have to fall down? And so it's one of my favorite ones because it frees us. It's very liberating energy, um, which if you look at the journey of the tarot, it liberates us from the devil. But I like all those kinds of cards. Um, but people still don't get it. Like I was talking about the devil and I love the devil card. That's another card that I love. And people, I had someone say, I'm unsubscribing, you're, you know, satanic or something. And it's like, it's not biblical. It's not that devil. It's our own personal devils that hold us back. Uh, which could be addiction, which could be behavioral patterns, could be codependency, right? But anything that holds us back. So the tower, that shocking change, allows us to move past that. And I guess if I look at it, most of the cards that I love are the shocking changes, mm. um, like judgment. I love judgment because that's how I see my seven years as being ill, which was the review. I did the life review of who am I? How did I get to this point? What have I done with my whole life? Which is what judgment is. But then you make a judgment call. So I, I guess my favorite cards, all of them are about change. Yeah. Um, because I believe change is, that, that's all we can do, right? Is grow and change. And that's all we came here to do, to keep always growing, always changing. And so those are the cards that I love. Um, the ones, I'll, if you want the opposite, I can tell you the ones that I had problems with when I first started reading was the Hierophant. And that was because it was about conformity. Yeah. And I was this Aquarian kind of conforming. So Aquarian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who the hell conforms why would you conform to anything mm. but i think with age i kind of understood we all do conform to something even if you're a non-conformist you then conform to the idea of non-conformity you derive you know how you have faith in that and you de derive stability and security from that that's your rule book mm. and that's what the hierophant represents like our rule book what do and some people pick religion some people pick whatever they the family rules traditions um that one i had a problem with and temperance and that was just because I didn't understand it. It's a very difficult card, I think, to understand. But I've talked about it a lot because I've been doing a Sagittarius season challenge and it's the card for Sagittarius. Um, but that, that too, I was like balanced, like, you know, because I was, I think I was a very extreme personality. So the idea of being patient, which is one of the, and I was like, no, I'm not very patient. It's like, you know, I just want to go do things. So those were the cards I personally had issues with, but I love them now. I love them now. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I, I also really love the tower card. I think that's definitely one of my favorite ones. And because again, like you, I love change. I love, you know, the idea of being stuck somewhere for a long time. It's just literally like, no, <laughs> I need change. Yeah. So I can, I can totally see your um, point of view on that. Um, so tell me about the main, um, you've been doing, so you've been doing it for such a long time. What, have there been any patterns of main things that are coming up like themes? So for example, I'm guessing a lot of people ask about their love life or their career, what are some of the main ones and in, in what have you kind of, is there anything that's changed in your own perception about these things that from the card readings themselves that you've been doing over time? Yeah, one of the beautiful things that I love from having, getting to do so many readings as I do, cause I'm a full-time reader Monday to Friday, um, is I see patterns. Like you see certain, with certain signs things come up. But I think overall, like the larger picture for me is um, I, I didn't always do online readings or now I do Skype call readings or, you know, video readings, but I used to do face to face readings, which was kind of different. Um, and then I was on a psychic call line, you know, I did that for about a year. Um, and I think I knew the moment that that switched is I just thought I can't do love readings anymore. I think within one hour I had four clients and three of them asked, does he love me? 
and one of them argued with me about it coming up and straight after that call I was like switched it off and I messaged the woman saying thank you very much for this opportunity I won't be doing this anymore and I took it all to my own website then because I thought no I want control over what I do mm. and yes when I first started on YouTube I would say the majority of the readings were love life readings but one of the things I've noticed different trends, like you'll get younger people and by young, I mean like people in their twenties, they're about what's my life purpose, what's my career. Um, and then you'll get kind of some older people. I mean, it's, it's not, it's, it's not written in stone, but the general trend, mm. they are the ones that, you know, they're focused on their careers and stuff. And now they're coming in saying, well, I have a relationship. Is that written on the cards for me? Mm. And so it's the opposite. You see, you see people's priorities and how they change with age. Mm. When they get older, they don't care about it. They've probably made some money. They've got a career mm. and it's just, they don't want to share it with someone. They just want to share life, their lives with someone. Whereas I think the younger people are more I've got time for a relationship afterwards. <laughs> you know, I'll go and let me get my career sorted out. Let me get my life path sorted out. So I see trends like that, but I'm very blessed um, in that I don't just get, I have a pretty even bag Like people will come. I get people asking me stuff like, I've been having this repeat dream. Can you help me work through that? And so that's fun for me. It's fun for me. Um, even when I started YouTube, I did love readings. I think I started in October until August of the next year, not quite a year. I did love readings, like just to check it out. And I was going through a lot of love stuff myself. Like I had a breakup the year before. And so it was okay for me, but I think I got to around August and I was like, yeah, I can't do this. Mm. I can't, it's, it was boring. Like, you know, just, I can't just come up and apply it. When the cards are so much more, mm. I think we do a disservice where you could tell the energy and people can apply it to anything. Yeah. Like, you know, and that's one of the things that I, that I always say, there's no spoon feeding on my channel. Like, I will give you the energy, but then you decide what you want to do with it. Like, it's going to rain. I'll tell you, it's going to rain. And so you're like, okay, I'm going to go out and enjoy splash around in the puddles. Or it's like, right, yeah, I'll have a home day. I'll stay in today and do something else. So I see it more as a weather forecast and give like, allow people to look at it. But that's, I, I like the range of readings that I do now because I talk on so many topics. Yeah. I don't just get people coming in for love readings. Speaking about love, um, I've heard you, I remember in one of your readings once you said how, you know, um, why people just looking at them in terms of love. So for example, the two of cups or something, you know, it's got the two people and you mentioned something, you said something like, um, you know, it's, it's quite sad that people think the only thing that's important in their life is having a partner, finding a partner. And that really struck me. I mean, I kind of knew that on a level, but the, when you said it, it was like, my God, yeah, it's so true because it's, it, it is sad that people can't see anything that's other, that's more important than just having someone, a partner with them. And mm -hmm. tell me a bit more about that and how, you know, how do you see that? Okay. Um, I'll, I'll actually give an astrological example as, as well with that, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, so if you look at the, if anyone that knows astrology, we have 12 houses in our chart, right? And I keep looking at that thing at the back. That's what gave me the idea. It looks like an, it's not a birth chart, but it looks like one. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And so if you look at the first six houses, they're all about us. So, you know, the first house is the I am, what we value, how we communicate and stuff, or where we feel at home, you know, what, uh, what our heart wills or what we want to create from the heart and our day-to-day -day routines. And a lot of people don't do that. They don't want to look at themselves. They don't want to spend time with themselves. And so what they do is they go straight to the seventh house. And it's an example, but I like to use the birth chart to kind of illustrate that. Um, and that, and the seventh house for people that don't know is the we. So the opposite house of um, Libra rules the seventh house, which is the we. We. That's where you can, how you relate to people. Yeah. But they have no relationship with themselves. 
So what they do through that we energy is they try to determine their self-worth through the other person. They try to figure out, they don't know who they are, but it's like, so if you love me, I'm worth loving. If you hate me, oh my God, I'm a bad person. But they don't have any of any kind of story about themselves. They go solely by the other person. And, you know, so they don't have any self-love. So unless somebody loves them, that's the only way they can feel loved. Um, that's the only way they access that part of themselves. And so I, I don't think that's a healthy relationship where you're looking for the other person to give you everything. And, you know, if they stay in your life, that's great. But what if they leave? And another example I've always used of that is, especially when I talk about love, I always have to say, I oh, don't just mean romantic love. I mean, all love. And love is the same. I think love is the same, whether it's your pet, your child, your lover, your parents. And people say, no, that's not like, you know, I wouldn't sleep with my sister or something like, you know, that kind of energy, which fair enough, but that's not love. That's an expression of love. And yes, you express your love very differently with all those people. Um, and we have different like, attachments to it, like intimacy or possession. Like we want to possess someone. You are mine. You're my boyfriend. You're my girlfriend. Um, but love at its core, it's exactly the same. It's, it's, it's not different around anyone else. And so in the Two of Cups, the example that you gave is I would say it was this, and especially in the love readings, and they would say, turn around and say, you know, um, no, that's my twin flame or that's my soulmate and whatever. And I'm like, hang on a second, it's a two. All you've done is you found your cup, Ace of Cups, and you've matched it with someone else's cup. But what are you going to do with that now? And your relationship can be so much more. Please don't just see it as the be all and end all that we have a connection because um, it's what you do with that connection. And I believe that's the free will of both people that determines that because even though we all feel, we don't all, we don't all react the same way to feel it. And one of the examples I give for the two of cups is they might both have matching cups, especially in love and be like, oh my God, I can't stop thinking about this person. We finish each other's sentences that we like the same things. We feel the same way. You know, we have a connection. So that's one person saying, this is my person. The other person might say, feel the same stuff, but say, I don't have time for this. I don't want to be, I don't want someone to have that much power over me to make me feel that way. And then they don't want to be in that relationship. So they will pull away. So we don't all react the same way just because we feel the same way. And that's one of the reasons I don't answer questions like that. Like, how do they, do they love me? Or do they, how do they feel about me? And it's like, that doesn't matter. What are you going to do with how you feel? You react from where you come from, how you feel, what you want to do. And not even what you want to get from the other person, but what you want to express to the other person. And that kind of gets lost, I think, when all you want is a romantic partner. And trust me, I don't have anything wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong. We're not here to be alone. We are here to have partnerships and to be with people, but they can be very unhealthy when you're, when you want that person to fulfill all your needs, where it's your job to fulfill your needs. And that's a much healthier and more intimate relationship. I feel where you have something of yourself to give rather than just, I need you or I want you. It, it can be, this is my life. This is who I am. And I'm going to share all of me with you, which that's the kind of relationship I want. Yeah, totally. I completely agree. It's kind of like, you know, make sure that you have your, your cup full first and then you can, and then it's so full that it can overflow and you can give that love to someone else, but don't try to fill your cup through other people. Cause that's, yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I have to say, I have, um, 
I got into this stage at one point earlier, like this year of, you know, listening to all these uh, love readings because they're so popular, you know, there's just so many of them on YouTube and it's like one after the other and you have this, you know, suggestion uh, thing on YouTube. So it's like, they're just playing one after the other. And I was like, okay, let me see. And I, and I really got into it at one point. I was like, and then at one point I saw it and I was like, wait, surely I can't be just, you know, like basing my whole life on just this tarot reading. And I was like, okay, so that means he feels like this about me. Oh, no, 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 okay, maybe he feels like that about me because that reading said that. And then, it's, and then I noticed in myself at one point I was literally replacing what that tarot reader was saying for this person's actual feelings when they haven't even told me how they feel. I was just assuming based on the reading that I'm hearing. So it's kind of like, no, this is like dangerous territory because then you don't want to get into this whole thing like oh I know how they feel because this is what the tarot readers say you know it's like no <laughs> that actually happened with me with an ex because um, a Capricorn you know how cagey Capricorns are they don't like anything to be said about them and he was one of those he thought I could read him really well now one of the things that intrigued me about it is I felt like I couldn't read him at all and you have to like you, know, you can probably understand be doing what I do. I'm very good at understanding people, and you know, I usually I can read energies and all sorts of stuff. With him, I couldn't. It, I know what it was. It's because I was invested in him. Like I had a vested interest in him, um, and so I was just trying to be in the moment and experience it. And he said, "Oh my God!" Like no, and I said, "I won't. I won't use my woo-woo powers or anything to try to get information. I wouldn't do that." And and he said, "Why wouldn't you?" And I said, "Because it would mean so much more to me." that you want to share something with me. Mm. I don't want to spy on you. I want you to open up and it would matter to me that it matters to you enough to share that with me. Like, that's the world to me. If someone wants to tell me something, I don't want to go snooping around and, you know, you know, pulling cards. Oh, how does he feel about me and stuff? I don't care. Like, you know, I, it matters more. If someone's, if I knew someone loved me, that's very different from them taking, like saying, Jay, I love you. Like, you know, that means the world to you that they opened up and they had the confidence and the desire to share that with you. Um, so yeah, that's why I don't, I think we do ourselves a disservice. And it's, it's, I've had people crying, like begging me saying, Jay, please just tell me, can you just please pull cards and tell me if he loves me? And I was like, sweetheart, it doesn't matter. I know it sounds harsh, but it doesn't matter. You have to understand why you love this person and what you're going to do about your emotions. And because, you know, it's then we're relying on them to feed us. Imagine if you rely on someone to feed you, then what if they go or so anything can happen, right? You know, we lose people all the time, <clears throat> excuse me. And then we're starving. We're starving again. And I also believe in the law of attraction and like attracts like. So if you're starving, you're probably going to attract a starving person as well who doesn't have anything to give you. Um, or as you gave the example of the cup, if your cup's empty, you're going to meet someone with an empty cup. And then you're both trying to get each other to fill your cups and it just won't do. It just, it won't happen. Um, whereas I think grow your own crops, have this abundance, and then we can have a massive banquet together, like sharing everything that we have together. And that's much more important to me. Mm. Yeah, totally. Wow. That's, that's, I think a lot of people are going to contribute for that. <laughs> talk about love because everyone wants to talk about it. But um, tell me about uh, some of the experimentals you've been doing. Cause I love uh, the new things that you always come up with. It's so interesting. And I'm always like, wow, wow, she's got something new. So first we have the elementals that you started doing, at least as far as I know. Um, tell me a bit about those and what made you do the elementals. Cause normally you do the, you know, you do them according to the star sign. And now you do the elementals. What, what do they mean? Um, how do you? Okay, so 
one of the things I, I did start doing, it was a four week challenge. I set myself challenges. So I love challenges. Um, that's how we grow, right? Trying new things. And it, it's okay if it doesn't work. It's not a failure. It's just, I tried it. I didn't like it or it didn't work. And so I think it was a couple of years ago, it was during tourist season. I set myself a challenge of, I was going to, for four weeks, I was going to do weekly readings for 12 of the science. And that just ended up sticking. I did it for about a year, I think. It wasn't even just for that time. But how we kind of progressed was I've noticed a lot of people, they lock themselves into, oh, I'm an Aquarius sun or I'm a Virgo moon or I'm a Sagittarius rising. Like they will just watch. Some people don't even do that. They just stick to their sun. But we are so much more than that. And one of the things that I've noticed more and more is people putting themselves in boxes, like, you know, labels and the labels don't mean the same thing to all of us. And, you know, and because as I said before, we're so much more, I actually don't like, and that's something that's probably going to start. I haven't figured out how I'm going to do it yet. I don't like the way that we, it's the only way that we can do it at the moment, but put labels on like that. This is a message for Aquarius. And it doesn't have to be that way. And the energy that comes up, we can all use it. I read for all 12 signs when I do the monthlies. And this time around, I got so much out of Aries and Gemini, like, you know, and I don't really have those. That's not my sun, moon or rising, but the message, it makes me think. And that's what I want to do is like, think about something like, where am I fighting this? Or where am I doing that? And so with the elementals, I went in a totally different direction. And it's something that still a lot of people don't get. That's why I trust, I love the people that trusted me enough to try it, to kind of go with it. And so with the elementals, instead of looking at this is a message for Aquarius, I did, this is a message from Ev. And I do believe what is Aquarius? What is Aquarius? Like in any meaningful way, what is Aquarius or any sign, you know, Aries or Gemini? It is, it's us. We are the ambassadors of those energies. Mm -hmm. We express that energy through our being. That's why we have those energies in our chart. And everyone has Aquarius somewhere. Uh, even if there's nothing in their chart, they have it there. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, what if we got messages from those energies rather than for everyone? Like, and then we can all use them then. We can all have it because I don't have a lot of water in my chart. And I might need help sometimes with the emotional stuff, you know, understanding how to feel and that's been my own personal challenge i've set myself this year and so i started doing those and now i do messages from air earth fire and water and they each cover different aspects like so air is going to be more logical thinking water is more emotional um fire energy would be more inspirational creative energy action that we take and earth is long term because that's that bricks and mortar what we're building in our world the long-term journeys that we're on and I thought we can get help in those areas. So you get four different areas of reading for that. And we get to harness the energy that we all carry, but we're just not aware of. And it's amazing because there was a lot of backlash against that because people don't get it. They're like, but I'm an Aquarius. Like, you know, and they'll watch just the air signs one. It's like, but if you're an Aquarius, you're probably good on the air energy. Like you can channel that yourself. But how are you with water? How are you with fire? And that's why I've tried it. And it, it's, I'm, I'm good now. A lot of people do try it, but a lot of people are still very resistant to it. Yeah, no, I have to say I, um, in the beginning, I, I used to, I used to tend to watch only my, you know, air signs cause I'm, I've got double Aquarius or I've got triple air. Um, but after that I started to watch all of them and I was like, wow, that actually is so, it's so helpful because just like you said, air comes to me naturally because I'm, I've got so much air in my chart. But the, again, water, I don't have any water. Earth, uh, well, earth I have, but uh, water and fire I don't have much of. So it's been so helpful listening to those readings because it's kind of like, 
it, it helps you to know how to manage those energies and how to bring them more into your life. Like you said, so I found it so helpful to go through all of them. So, but yeah, it definitely, it made me laugh when you said that a lot of people, uh, you know, there was a backlash because it just made me think, you know, people just don't like change. Anything to do with Absolutely. change. People just despise change. It's like, no, we want the same thing over and over again. But it happened this time as well. I did, um, I do monthlies now. I don't do weeklies anymore for the, each of the signs. And I still do them. And that's probably something I'm weaning, going to wean people off that too. Um, <laughs> but I had someone say this, but I don't get it. I'm confused. Is this, is it going to be good or bad? Like, you know, and it's like, no, well, we don't know. There is no good or bad. It's how you use the energy. And that's something, that's another reason. It's not just getting the messages from those elements. It's also getting people to look at it in such a way that I can use this. I can use this in my life that, you know, what have I been ignoring emotionally that maybe explore that a little bit or, okay, so I wanted to do that. This might be a good week for me to get my notepad out, write something, make some notes, start the website, you know, that it's, it's how we use it. And I think I don't like spoon feeding. And I think too many readings, they spoon feed us like, you know, sorry, ship week for you, um, go off. And I ramble, I tend to, my readings are very long because I try to cover all the ways that we can go through stuff. Um, but people are resistant. They just want to be told, not mo. like I'm very lucky. I have a lot of people that are not like that, but I still find it here and there. And I think, okay, I can only do what I can do. And that's why I do all these extra talks and stuff to give context. Because even in a half hour reading, a one hour reading, I can only touch on certain topics. I can't expand on it. And so I do extra talks um, so people can understand it in the context of that, of like, okay, I'm getting this fear. I mean, how many times have you heard a reader say, be positive or let go of that? And it's like, great, how? Yeah. How do I let go of that? How do I exercise my choice? I don't understand. How do I have free will? And so those are extra topics that I like to talk about because we can use it. I believe everything is to be used. I mean, even on birth charts, like in astrology, they're all tools. Um, and our birth chart's not a life sentence. It's not like, oh shit, I'm a Virgo moon, so I'm going to have to be that way. No, a Virgo moon, again, is on a spectrum. You could be one end of it. You could be the other end of it. But it's trying to get people to use stuff instead of life doesn't happen to you. And so I discourage questions like, you know, will this happen? Should I do this? And it's like, it's Google Maps. That's what you're reading is. It's Google Maps. It's not going to tell you where to go, what to do. It can only show you where you are. You decide what's best for you from where you are. And I, I love that. That's why I love the elementals. So that's why I try to bring that in. Um, but that's more the direction that I am going in in my readings mm -hmm. is how do we use it? How can we be empowered from this? What does it show me about me and my choices? No, yeah. Oh, I love that. I really, really love that. Because um, I've kind of been, it's definitely made me think, go outside of the box as well and made me think of different ways of you know seeing myself because like you said you know i feel like i was thinking about that yesterday and i was trying to you know just um understand it in my mind and i had this sudden insight and it just made me see so for example we have the signs and it's like this is the first level right we have to for us to master our own sign that's like the first level that we have to go through it's like okay i'm an s you know um i'm an aquarius and i can um, the more I understand an Aquarian nature, what it's like, the better I, you know, can use this energy. And then the next level is, okay, well, how can I now integrate all the other signs into me? Because I know that I'm also all of these, we're all one, right? Essentially, we're like, come from the same source and all that. So for me, that was like, okay, so that's the next level. It's like, how do you expand to integrate more of these energies? So it's, 
and that's why I love like these elementals. I just find them so, oh, they're just so fascinating to me. But, um, but that's the, the whole, you touched on it there. The whole reason they were born is I had this experience of unity consciousness mm. of where I actually, and I, 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 the day it happened, the first day it happened is I think I posted an Instagram story and I said, I feel like I could inhale and the whole world would exhale with me. Like I was starting to feel that and it was so profound that sense of what is going on? How can I feel like one with everyone? Um, and it was when we'd had a death in the family. So, you know, I was around a lot of people like family and stuff, but I was just feeling connection, deep connection. And then it got bigger. And first I thought, okay, it's my family. We're all grieving together. Then it got bigger than that, then bigger than that. And I thought, oh my God, it's everyone and everything. Like, I'm connected to everything. But then if we're all connected, if we're all connected, then why can't we help each other? Because we're all channeling energy all the time. Like anything that I can do, you can do. It's just, I've practiced like a muscle. I've got it, you know, that's, that's how I do it. And um, so yes, unity, consciousness and oneness, that is big in the direction that I've kind of changed directions in. Because it must reflect that. If we're all one, then how the hell are we segregating ourselves into all these little boxes, right? Putting ourselves in these tiny little boxes, which they smash all the boxes open. That's my dream. Totally, yeah, it's such an Aquarian thing. <laughs> I go against the grain, but um, yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And I just think it's um, yeah, it's just time that people really stop placing themselves in boxes because it really annoys me as well. It's like, and even even such simple things like you know putting on your CV whether you're this or you're that, and just the idea of trying to define yourself. It's like no, <laughs> I'm so much more than this, you know. But um, yeah. Um, okay, so um, I really want to talk about some of the main things that have been coming up, especially with your dailies, which I want you to explain as well, the daily readings, the challenges that you're doing. Um, I've noticed one of the main thing that you've spoken about as well, and I've seen, seen it kind of play out in a lot of, um, in my own life, fear is just such a big thing. Obviously, it's, 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 it's all the time, it's everywhere, but um, for some reason, this year has been coming up a lot, and recently with your reading. So... Tell me first about the daily challenges that you're doing. What are they? And um, tell me a bit more about the fear that's been coming up recently with the last kind of two months. Well, from the, the way the challenges came about, it's my day, it's my practice, it's my spiritual practice. And they're a reflection of what I do and most of the work that I do is. And that is, I don't go by, like say January or March and stuff. I go by seasons. Yeah. And I don't believe, uh, I think it was Steve Judd actually that said this, the they don't the planets they don't compel us to do anything they impel us there's this the energy's there if you want to use it you can but they're not going to make us do stuff you know when people are like, oh my god it's this and stuff and it's like so it's how we integrate and use that energy um i have an uncle aquarian uncle who messaged me something saying but is that good or bad for aquarius and i'm like i've always say, uncle no it's not like that it's if you go with it it's great if you don't if you resist it it's going to be bad right this is how we experience it uh, good or bad is a very subjective energy. It's not objective. It's not going to be good or bad for everyone. So what I do is, if it's like now it's Sagittarius season, I love the concepts of Sagittarius, and so I will use that that season, that month, to focus on Sagittarian pursuits. Like you know, I've ordered so many new books, and that it kind of happens anyway. I think if you allow yourself to feel it, you will feel it. It's not like you even consciously have to do it, but I try to bring conscious um, effort into it or attention to it. And it started off in Virgo season. Um, I've only been in the challenges like this for other people. And it came from that because I do that personally. Whatever season we're in, and by season, I mean where the sun is. 
because obviously there's always other stuff going on other energies coming in uh you know it's not just the sun by itself everything's in that one sign but i folk i choose that as my focus you know it's shine a light that's where it comes from shine a light on what's going on so with Virgos, it's the then the energies of that season so for Virgo season Virgo can be very self-critical and kind of get stuck in um analysis paralysis so to let's not let's not go there let's not go to that end of the spectrum let's consciously analyze and let's do it with love and we'll do it together and we'll we'll explore this thing so i would ask questions and we'd explore things and then it moved to libra season which libra season is all about relating to yourself and relationships to others and then scorpio but i think a lot of the hangover at the moment for the fear is from scorpio season scorpio is a very intense sign very intense and it's about death and rebirth now, I think the death aspect of it is we're, we're afraid to let go of things. We're afraid for change. You know, that's, and this is a time of great change, not just individually, but as a collective. I think we're going through massive shifts and changes and all of us can feel it. Whether we're, if you want to call it awake or not, I don't like that term, but you know, if we're not awake or not, but that whether you're consciously aware of what's happening astrologically or on a globe, I mean, you can see it on the news, you don't even have to be, you know, there's loads of changes going on. When we sense that, it's, it's the fear of the unknown. Well, what's gonna happen? You know, what's gonna happen? And I think a lot of people that there's great opportunities now to step into their life paths or, you know, what they want to do. And it's very supported from the universal energies, if you believe in such things that, you know, that I can go do this. But there's always that stage fright, right? You're frightened to kind of step out onto stage and to go and perform, to be all that you can be. And that's where the fear comes from. And in particular, I've been talking about it a lot recently because I'd, I allowed questions for this Sagittarius season challenge, which was like, send me questions and we'll have a look at them. And a lot of people said, because Sagittarius is known for being a very kind of chill, fun, you know, adventurous sign. Let's go have some fun. Let's go have some adventure. And so, we're I've only done like the beginning of the challenge at the moment. Um, we're clearing away that fear because how can you be adventurous if you're afraid to go on an adventure? Like, do you want an adventure in your house? Because you have to leave your house. Like, you know, if you're afraid to leave your house, you can't have that. When I mean, you could, I used to have adventures when I couldn't leave my bed. But it's getting people out of that fear, out of that fear of doing anything because you can't serve two masters. That's one of the things I always say. And so the one of the questions I get asked a lot, and it's, it comes up identical, almost identical, the questions is, Jay, I want growth and I want, you know, bigger experiences and stuff, but I want peace and happiness. So basically, if you translate that, it's like, I don't want to do anything uncomfortable, but I want to expand outside of my comfort zone. <laughs> Contradiction. You can't do that. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I guess we really have to think about the type of things that we really want and, and the questions that we're asking in the first place. Yeah, totally. What are some of the other trends that you've seen over the last kind of few months that have been popping up? I think this year, one of the, uh, the shadow, you know, we do shadow work. Mm. Um, that's a big one. Um, the last couple of years, so 2017, 2018 was big on shadow work. And what I mean by that is we would retreat, you know, the retreat going in and I'm not going to be in a relationship. I'm going to go and explore myself or I'm going to go on this spiritual retreat and do whatever. Some people have tried to do that this year, but I think it hasn't worked because we've now made that shadow work that we didn't want to do. Now that's become the new comfort zone. We're so comfortable with our own monsters that, you know, it's easy to go hang out in the shadows with them. Then it is that, okay, you did the shadow work, Get go outside now. You know, you need to go outside and go and practice what you learned. 
they're like, no, what? No, no, I'm still doing my shadow work. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's become your new comfort zone. And so this year I see it's, yes, there's been a lot. We'll always be doing internal work always because we'll always pick up new issues or, you know, come up against, but we get better with the tools. And so one of the things, another thing why there's fear now is we have to take what we learned internally out into the world, the practice of it. We've done the theory. Now we're going into practice and that's harder, right? It's, a, it's the same with learning how to drive a car. You've got your instructor next to you, you're good. You might be a little afraid, but you get used to it. But then the first time you got your license and you're out driving by yourself, it's like, oh God, like, you know, what am I doing? So it is going to be frightening. We have stage fright because we're going out to do um, new things. And I think action is more, more the way. I get a lot of people that come to me and they're, I'm on the spiritual path, I've done this. And I'm like, great, you've told me how you've detached. Now go reattach in a healthy way. And that's, and I, that's how I see it, the pendulum swinging. There is a time to, or the infinity symbol, that's another way that I see it, is we will go around here, which is to detach from, you know, and think, well, how, what does this mean for me? What is, you know, who am I? But then you have to take who you are into another situation because that's going to show you more. Well, no, I've, I need to t- tweak this or I'm not that person anymore. And I think we learn who we are more by going back into situations. It's not just about having no difficulty, which I think when people talk about spirituality, they think it's all very Zen. Um, my mom always says it to me. She always says to me that I want to be like you. She goes, I want to, how spiritual you are. You always said chill and you always like make sense of everything. And I said, I'm not mom. I said, it's not, if you want peace, don't go on the spiritual journey. Cause if you, especially if you're looking for peace outside of yourself and a lot of people go into spirituality to find peace you will find inner peace eventually but first you're going to see everything that's wrong and that's where i think a lot of people fall off they're like screw this this is like crap it doesn't work and stuff and it's 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 working it's showing you everything that's a a block or a boundary to you finding that peace yeah totally wow yeah i couldn't agree more with um uh, with the whole idea of like taking action and experience that that's one thing that's from all the kind of astrology charts and everything i've been listening to as well uh, the whole idea about P, um, about experiencing and taking action um, has really been coming up strongly. And um, yeah, I have to say, I, I'm definitely one of those who are kind of like, oh yeah, I'm doing my shadow work still. I don't want to go out there. <laughs> but that's why I love the elementals because with the, with the fire sign, for example, uh, the fire signs, they're more about taking action, right? Uh, taking action and the physical things that you're doing and manifesting. So that's why I love listening to this because it's kind of like, okay, now that I've got the ideas in my head, which I always have as air sign it's like how do you put them into practice you know how do you actually tangibly make them happen and yeah it's, it's really good to kind of um challenge yourself with these things and it's like okay now you have to go and do it yeah so um, but even with the elementals if you look at the elements <clears throat> excuse me is so with air and air signs very in their heads um i think there's a place for that like absolutely our mind is amazing like and, you know that's one of the things that's so amazing about human beings is these minds that we have but they're very good at problem solving if we give them that. But I think we don't, I always call it the team. We have this inner team of different, like the mind, the heart, you know, the inner child, the inner brat. Um, you know, we have all of these different aspects of ourselves and it's trying to get them all to work together. Now, if you had any kind of a team, you're not going to get, I don't know, someone who's great at the tech stuff to be going out to go get the coffees and shit or someone who's great in front of the camera that you go figure out the emails and they're like, I don't know. I don't know how to use the computer. Like, do you know what I mean? You're going to use, and we don't use our team often for the right 
or you know the most empowered way and so the head's great but i think the heart and a lot of us ignore our heart you know head over matter no that's why i love the elementals because it gets us to look at that like, even it, a fire signs you talked about they can take action they're very good at that but a lot of the times because of the focus is external when it gets boring outside what a lot of fire signs will do is they'll they're out they dip they they're gone they're like this is boring that's what the knight of wands is known for but if you show them their own fire and passion and it's like no you carry that energy you can make this more passionate you can change your the situation you are the fire we look for it a lot of times outside of ourselves um and that's what i love about the elementals as well yeah totally so I can't finish this talk without talking about Aquarians. And I know, um, you know, <laughs> not to say that anyone else is not important, but you are called Aquarian Insight uh, and I'm also an Aquarius. So I totally resonate with everything that you say and you do. Uh, and I have to ask, um, how do you see Aquarians? Because you've often described them as like the aliens, you know, of, this, uh, of the signs. And I definitely feel like that. I, I definitely feel that quality of like, I've always felt very, um, not alienated, but kind of like, I don't, I, I see myself as part of the group, but also not part of the group. I always see myself as like the, the observer, you know, the one that's observing everything, but not always part of it. So how do you see Aquarians uh, energy exactly? I've actually been asked quite a lot recently, <clears throat> excuse me, about the age of Aquarius as well. Cause you know, everyone's talking about the age of Aquarius. Mm -hmm. And I personally believe every Aquarian that is here right now, 18, 80, it doesn't matter is it's our job to usher in the age of Aquarius. Like no matter what you've got there, your North Node, Saturn, whatever it might be, but we're here to, we, we resonate with that Aquarian energy and it's our vibration that's gonna put it out into the world. Mm -hmm. Aquarians, I think, like I would say, I'm trying to think, are there any other signs like that? No, we're not even the same as each other. That's the thing. Like, you know, most signs you could say, oh, Leos are like this or whatever. I'm not saying that all the other signs are the same. Um, but with Aquarians, we're all, we have two rulers. So we have Saturn and we have Uranus. And the thing with that is some people are more Saturnian. So you'll find some very traditional Aquarians and some people, some are more rebellious. Like, you know, they carry that vibration. Um, so there are other aspects obviously in your chart that will change that. But at its core, if I'm talking about Aquarius energy, we are the freaks. We are the aliens. We are the ones that say, no, we're not doing it like this. Yeah. We carry that tower energy, even though in the tower, the tower is actually Mars. Um, it's the fault. The fault is actually Uranus, and that's one of the Aquarian cards. Mm -hmm. um, but we're so different. And I think that's the, our contradiction. Our contradiction is that we are about unity, we are about oneness, we are about the collective, and yet we are about individuality within that collective, mm -hmm. that we are all one but we're all different as well. And it's okay for you to be unique. I was actually talking about this with someone on a very mundane level. It might seem very strange to you, but all of this energy that's in Capricorn right now, it's going to shift into Aquarius. So I think we will be talking more about Aquarius because everything's going to shift. I mean, Saturn will be in Aquarius next year. Jupiter will be in Aquarius and then Pluto will be shifting and that's going to be big um, for Aquarians. And I'm a zero degrees Aquarius. And I used to think zero degrees are cusp makes you not so Aquarian. And then I heard a lot of astrologers say, no, you hold the whole potential for that sign. It's not just that, you know, oh, I'm kind of half Capricorn, half Aquarius. Because I've never felt, never resonated. I'm not very traditional in that sense. Or I have my own traditions. I think that's Aquarians. We have our own traditions. Exactly. Uh, we'll do things, we're fixed signs. So we, we have patterns and stuff that we do, but they may not be like everyone else's. Mm. And so the mundane conversation I was having was about makeup 
And you know how everyone looks the same these days? Like, you know, um, you know they're very similar trends. And I go, I wonder what happened in the age of Aquarius, because that's the lowest vibration of Aquarius, where we try to fit in. Mm, yeah. Well, we know we're freaks. Or, or if you want to put it another way, we know we're Superman. Um, and we try to be Clark Kent. We want to be Clark Kent all the time, and we're hiding our Superman uh, aspect. And it's like Aquarius, you have these gifts because they're for the collective. They're not just for you. Mm. And the reason we have these gifts is because of the collective. Mm. I truly believe that, you know, Aquarius would not be Aquarius without the 10 signs that come before it. Mm. Um, and that's why people are our currency. I would say that the more people we know, but you'll get Aquarians that are very hermit-like because it's too much effort for them. Like no one understands me. So why should I speak? Mm. But it's like Aquarius, you speak a different language and it's for you to teach that language to teach that language to the world, to speak it. It's, it's our cross to bear that, you know, a lot of people don't understand us, mm. um, but they will. There's a lot of Age of Aquarius stuff coming up. Mm. I've been talking a lot, and that's, we're a future, um, uh, a future sign. I think it was Linda Goodman that said this, Aquarians are born either a hundred years too early or a hundred years too late. Like, we're never born in our era. Mm. And so the other thing I've um, referred to Aquarians as is, um, the ancient future. We're from the ancient future, mm. but there's no such thing as that time. Uh, it falls away when you're talking about Aquarius and it is a beautiful energy. And I don't think we fully understand it yet. I think Aquarians don't fully understand it. Um, one of the basic, and I've, it's one of those throwaway comments that you make, Aquarians are cold, that we're detached. Um, we don't think and feel like other people. Mm. And I think, it's very easy for non-Aquarians to say that we don't feel. And I always like to remind them, we are the water bearers. We have all of the emotions. That's the liquid that we carry. We carry the water. We have all of the emotions, mm -hmm. but we have the ability to remove the emotion and to regard it. Mm -hmm. Now, some lower level Aquarians just say, no, I don't have that. I don't have emotions. Like, you know, they, they pride themselves on being cold. And it's like, you're not actually cold. You have all the emotions. How else do we understand humanity? With, because we have all of that because we understand human beings and such but um yeah age of aquarius that's kind of big i don't think we're there yet if that was going to be your next question um but it's transitional it will be a transitional phase and we are kind of headed in that direction i do believe that mm -hmm. and tell me about uh some of the challenges that you've been talking about you've been trying to work through yourself as an aquarian i know i know you talk about uh this year you've been trying to bypass the mind and go straight to the heart and kind of, you know, be able to feel things. And I'm very, that's one of my biggest um, challenges because it's so hard to bypass the mind. <laughs> so everything's just, there's just so much going on in the mind. So how, how have you found it so far this year of trying to do that and understanding it? Well, I mean, it, it's interesting that you asked that because next week I've got to talk with someone else and we're going to be talking about fate and, you know, finding your path. And I believe you can only find your path or your destiny through your heart. Mm -hmm. Now, what the hell does that mean for uh, people that we're always in our heads, right? And so the way that I see it and how I started to understand it was I saw the head as the king of swords in the tarot, which is the one who has mastery. You could see him as the professor or the expert, right? And that's our minds. Our minds are the experts. But then the heart is the page of cups, like this child, innocent child, like the inner child. And we're going to, you'd always go to the professor, right? You're always going to go to the professor and say, well, what should I do with this? But your head can only tell you what it knows. Mm. A professor can only tell you what he knows, what he studied or what he's understood or learned or what his 
field of expertise based on past experiences <laughs> exactly and that's why i would say the swords are always historical um but if you go to a child they don't know anything they're going to tell you how they feel they're going to say oh no that's boring or yeah let's go do that like you know there's no there's no filter for them you know especially if you get them very young i have my nephew six years old he's like that like you he can't fake the fun he's not gonna if he doesn't like it he doesn't like it and we make ourselves do things like you know and i was thinking but that's not freedom then you're locking yourself into what you know and not to kind of quote socrates or anything but the, the more i've learned the more i know i don't know i don't know anything I, and what about the things I don't know that I don't know? Like, you know, that kind of stuff. So I, I went to my heart to see how I feel. And that was hard because it was always like, oh, I think this. And it's like, no, 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 Jay. How do you feel about it? And it's bizarre because in doing that, my, I actually feel like my mind has gotten sharper. Like there's more information that's come through. And I, didn't, I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting that at all. And how that came about was I wanted new experiences. So I never look for anything externally. So if I want a new experience, I will go to experiencing things differently because mm -hmm. it always comes from within, as within, so without. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, I always think about everything. Let's try feeling about everything. And that's why I started going to the heart. And I did. It's like I started experiencing everything in a different way because I started seeing, well, yeah, the head's there were some situations that was surprising. My head was telling me there's nothing wrong here. It's fine. You know, it matches up to what we want. But the heart's like, I'm not feeling this. And that was bizarre because I thought I'd never even used to listen to that voice. I just ignore it and keep doing what I'm, you know, think I'm sp supposed to be doing. Um, but yeah, that's, and I, it does enhance it because then what the, think about it. If that kid came up to um, the professor and said, well, I feel like doing this, the professor may not have that knowledge from the, but it would say, you know what? I know which book we can go and read to figure out how to do that. Or I know where we can go. To go, we can go talk to this person or I've got a colleague here, let's go do this. And that's how I think the beauty of it, that you go to your heart and the heart gives the instruction and then the brain is the perfect person to make it happen, mm -hmm. but not to come up with it. And that's the problem, I think, that we don't, we trust the mind to come up with, we say ideas, I had an idea, but did you? Did you have an idea or did you have a feeling that you wanted? Was it your intuition or that gut feeling um, that came up and the head kind of, because we have the ego, we have all these different aspects, but I think that even that's very basic, say head and heart. Yeah. That, that's very basic um, thingy. I think we're, we're much more than that. We have a whole massive team within us. Yeah. No, totally, yeah. But yeah, um, I, really like how you, I really like how you talk about your experiences throughout doing the card readings, because it makes, again, it makes them so much more tangible and able to understand them. And, and also it's interesting to learn about you because obviously you've progressed a lot, um, how you've said, you know, through doing all the readings and stuff. But um, yeah. But that's all, but sorry, but that's all that we can do. That's all like, I, all I can ever do is, is an I statement. Everything that I say is an I statement. Even if I read a book and I start telling you, all I'm telling you really is how I interpreted the idea, all that. So I say everything's an I statement. And so all I have to bring to the table is my experience and my journey. Like I don't have anything more than that. I can't tell you what to do. I can tell you what I would do in your shoes, but you're not me. Uh, we don't know what storms people have walked through or you know what they've, what they've been through. Um, even if I'd been with you every moment from the day you were born, I wasn't in your head. I wasn't in your heart. Um, I have three sisters. We're all very different. And we have the same upbringing, lived in the same house, went to the same schools, but we're all very different. And so I think by sharing our stories, like me sharing mine, you sharing yours, 
it helps us to think about our own stories and you know uh, am I comfortable expressing where I come from and that's very Aquarian I think I always say I'm trying to break the system from the inside and that's the tarot system and everything that I do, I try to break it from the inside um, and free people, liberate people that whoever you are, you, you're enough. Whoever you are, you're enough. It's cool for you to be you. It's cool for you to express who you are. Some people will love you. Some people will hate you, but it doesn't matter. Your tribe will always find you, but only when you are authentically who you are meant to be. Mm. And that's the only freedom that counts. You know us, freedom-loving Aquarians. The only freedom that really counts is the freedom to be who you are. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and the whole thing about authenticity. I think that's what, um, when you give the readings, I guess that's the energy that comes across of this pure authenticity and just knowing yourself. Because you can tell you know yourself. Like you, It's just the nature of how you do and you say things. It's just you know this is a person who knows themselves and it's coming from this true place of um this is my truth and, and i love the fact that you say you know um uh, the reading you know the reading is um is how your energy how you react to the reading it's not the reading itself i love that again you give that uh opportunity for people to decide for themselves you know whether this is something really for them or it's not so it's kind of again giving the power to the people um but tell me how you deal with uh critics and just haters altogether because there are some people that you know that i mean i don't even know why they do that but it's just for the pure fact of you know just trying to be nasty to someone else how do you deal with that and just um criticism because you you do put a lot of your own personal stories into the reading so that must be quite you know how do you take that uh, when people are a bit that's been another one of my challenges that you were saying about that is um to be more vulnerable you know, right at the beginning, I didn't want to, I didn't, I was like, who am I to teach anyone anything? Like, do you know what I mean? That this is my journey. And I never felt like I could, and I still don't feel like I can tell people what to do. And that's my rule number one. Like, I don't like to be told what to do. You don't know what I've been through. So I would never tell people that. Um, I often say, I, um, they don't criticize me. It's a judgment. Let's be honest. People are making a judgment. Mm -hmm. And Sometimes it's because I triggered something in them. Like, you know, some, I said something that they're uncomfortable with, which I, might sound rude to some people, but I always say, you're welcome if I triggered you. Because I've done a lot of, a lot of my own work has been through triggers. I've talked about this openly. I used to have a group of friends. We used to call it uh, trigger happy, where we would trigger each other. But then we had a safe space to kind of explore our triggers together. Like, what did that trigger me and stuff? So triggers are a great way to look at what's bothering you. Like, as you said, like the messages and the message, the reaction. And why did you react that way? But a lot of the critics, especially the people that criticize me, it's, I think it's because they have their own black and white view of the world. And I don't fall within that. And so they think, you know, and they're imposing that on the external world, which I never do that. You know, if you don't like, it's fine. If you don't, if I'm not for you, if you don't like what I do, perfectly fine. It doesn't have to, it doesn't have to do that. But it's where they take it as a judgment. I don't judge anyone. I don't think we can. I don't think we're able to judge anyone. Even our judgment is just an I statement. It's just, um, and one of the examples I gave is someone once said to me, I apologize. The reading was too long or something. And she said, don't apologize it makes you sound codependent. And I, and you know, my, I didn't, I didn't respond. I just ignore it most of the time. But if you think about it, her I statement, it isn't, she can't talk about me. She's saying, when I hear you apologize, it makes me think of my experience with codependency, which is the I statement in what she said. So I'm very good at reading the I statements. Yeah. Um, and, but people will criticize you sometimes 
other readers. I've had other readers tell me not to read the way that I read, not recently. Um, and I think they were day now because everyone knows what I'm like. <laughs> I'm quite blunt. But um, about 15 years ago, I've had people say, you can't do that. How can you not read for certain questions? Just just do the love readings, Jay, or just tell them what their boyfriend, like, if their boyfriend loves them or not. And I said, no, that goes against my ethics. Mm. You know, I'm not doing that. That's not, I don't believe that. I don't believe it's empowering. I'm not a drug dealer. I don't want to be doling out drugs and, you know, they come for their next fix. Mm. I'm not here for that. That's not, and I have an article actually, I wrote that some years ago, I think 2012 or something. I wrote that article on my website, but um, yeah, it, I don't, they, how can they criticize me? They don't know me. And I think they just don't see it that way. They're on their own journey. They're on their own path. Um, I'm not open to it. I mean, that's one of the, I think online etiquette should change talking in a more general sense. Um, and I've talked about this before that, even though you think it's YouTube or you think it's the internet, you're going into someone's house when you do that. So I've said, if you treat YouTube like a town or a block of flats, you've just walked into someone's flat if you go onto their channel. And you would not walk into someone's house, kick up your boots at, on their coffee table and start criticizing the free dinner you're about to get served. You can say, sorry, not for me and leave. You have every right to do that. But you can't start saying, well, those dishes suck. And why did you make that? And you should have done it this way. Uh, but even the readers that used to criticize me, now they don't. They're like, no one reads like you, Jay. Like, you know, you're very different or you're ahead of the curve in how you read. Um, which I guess it's, I don't see myself as being ahead of the curve. I just do, I just do it because it's fun. Like, I'm, if I'm completely honest, that's maybe very Sagittarian of me. But um, I just think if it's fun, I'll do it. If it's passionate, if, it, if I get to grow because a lot of people tell me I'm doing it for them. And that's a nice byproduct. And it, I love it that other people get to come and grow. And from a selfish point of view, it'd be amazing if the whole world was empowered, right? And authentic, and that'd be an amazing place to live. Um, but in, in, on a day-to-day -day thing, it's just, if it's fun for me, I'll do it. Um, you can't say anything, you can't bully me or judge me or criticize me or even cajole me and flatter me into doing anything that I don't want to do. Yeah. Totally. So Aquarius. <laughs> I love that. No, I do love that. And I think that's what makes um, the things that you do so different and original and, and they have such a big impact because, I mean, again, with the, for example, the challenges, I know you've mentioned before that not everyone watches them, but the ones that do, they have such a big impact on them because, and you know, people, you can see it in the comments, people um, comment and stuff. So um, for me, it's like, that's what really makes a difference to me because you're really giving me your all from that reading. You know, it's not, you're not just doing it just to deliver something for the sake of it or because you're going to get likes on it and things like that, which so many people do now. Um, I actually the... got accused of that the other day. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that, that sugarcoat things. And I was like, oh, I actually liked it because they said, oh, you sugarcoat stuff. And I was like, oh, that's nice. That's different. Because usually people say I'm very blunt mm -hmm. and direct. And I thought that's nice that this person thinks that, you know, I sugarcoat things. I don't really care. Um, they wanted me to see the Three of Swords as a third party situation. And I just won't. Because it's not going to be that way for everyone. If that's your situation, that's your situation. But you know that. Um, you know that anyway. Um, but the, uh, saying that I don't really focus on helping people because I don't, I don't focus on anything outside of myself. But I get some amazing messages from people. And I'm only human. There are times where it's like hard work or, you know, people aren't getting it. And the reactions that you, I had, I did a live on Instagram a few weeks ago and that I didn't really enjoy it. Like I was feeling that a bit. And I, I have those moments where I think, look, Jay, you're good. You're on your spiritual journey. Just go off on your spiritual journey. I, who cares? Leave YouTube. You don't have to do this shit. You go, go make money another way. 
you know, it's never about the money, go do it. And then it's, well, it's not bizarre because that's how we are connected. I'll, someone will send me a message. I haven't commented. I've been following you for two years. And because of you, because of what you said in your videos, I've now addressed this or I've done this or I've overcome this. And I think, no, my people are out there. Like, you know, we're together. And I always message back and I tell them, you don't know how much I needed that message today. Thank you so much for sending me that. And so, th and that's not to say that, you know, I do it for people like that, mm -hmm. but it shows me my people and that we're together. And I have a responsibility to my people and they have a responsibility to me. I do see us as squads. We come down in squads and we each have a different job of what we're taking care of. And that's my squad. So I have a responsibility to my squad. Mm, yeah totally yeah and I think yeah I, I heard you mention that in one of your um in one of your readings recently again it's like you know you know your people are out there you know and these are the ones that you show up for which is so true and it's like um again for me like even doing this channel I wouldn't have been able to do it unless I had the support of this group that I was with who all started at the same time doing their own podcasts so it was just you know you you do you do realize how important it is to have that support of people who understand you not everyone will this just because everyone has different interests and stuff but the ones that do that's just like it's priceless so um but that's interesting that you mentioned your group of people too because you know when people say yeah but i can do whatever the rest of the world is screwed right you know they're like this and it's like no if you take care of yourself and you start shining your light out it's bizarre how, you know, people talk about awakenings and stuff. Like in a group, you'll all start awakening or going in that direction because you have that impact. But some people will fall away because they're like, I'm not into that shit. And they're not. Yeah. They're not into that, right? And then they can go off and do what they need to do by themselves. Um, but I do believe we come in we come in as groups. So we come in to support or challenge each other or to help each other grow. And I have a support team. I've talked about them a lot. You know, other readers, people that aren't even into any of this kind of stuff. I don't just have spiritual people around me. I have people that they're atheists and they don't believe this, but they know what I do. And they, and you know, they, they know me that I have to believe in tarot and stuff to do that, but they will help me. They help all help support me. And we didn't come here to be alone. That's, that's the biggest lesson of Aquarius is that we are all one. We are all connected and we can all help and support each other on our individual journeys. Wow. Totally. Wow. Well, this is a perfect way to end it. Thank you so much for your time. This has been, oh God. I mean, I can talk with you all day about <laughs> all this stuff. I literally, I don't want to end it. Um, are there any last words or anything that you want to, oh yeah, how can people find you if they want to uh, know more about you, have your readings? AquarianInsight.com. Yeah, AquarianInsight.com is the website. Um, Aquarian Insight is the YouTube channel. And I think I'm the most active on Instagram, which is again, Aquarian Insight. Um, but all my links are in every single one of my videos on YouTube, or you can find it on the website, so queerandinsight.com. But in terms of last words, I would just, the, my biggest thing right now is if you feel it, because, and that's more, ca than, we talked about like queries, but the North Nerd in Cancer. Mm. If you don't love it, if your heart's not behind it, why are you doing it? Like, that's my biggest question that I say to people. Um, whether you're a very logical person or not, it's very easy to say. That's why there's loads of tools that I have on how we can address this stuff and get over the fear. But the core truth is that, that, you know, if you can't be who you are, if you can't do what you love to do, we're not here forever. Like I've had plenty of deaths in my family this past year. And that's reminded, beautiful reminder that we're not here for long. So we may as well be here and make the most of it. And let's not just get stuck. Let's just be all that we can be because we're so much. 
And that's my biggest thing about people is I see people's power. I see their power. I just wish they would see it. So trust and come on over and have some Aquarian insight if you want to figure out your own power. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much, Jay. Thank you. Um, yeah, well, you guys heard it. Uh, you know where to find Jay on Aquarian Insight, uh, Instagram, YouTube, and um, Facebook as well, uh, and your website. So yeah. Well, thank you so much. It's been wonderful to have you. And uh, hopefully we can catch up again soon and see maybe in 2020 and see what's changed since then. What are the new trends? <laughs> I would love that, honey. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.